Hi, this is Pastor David Cooper. Thank you for joining my podcast. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you. I also want to ask you to share the podcast with others. Together, we can make an impact in people's lives as we introduce them to the Word of God. Thank you for your partnership and ministry of the Mount Perrin family and our outreach. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you today. The gifts of the Holy Spirit is one of the most fascinating studies in the New Testament. As we see how the Holy Spirit fills us, anoints us, speaks to us, works through us in ministry to others. We come now to one of the most misunderstood and extraordinary of the gifts, the gift of tongues and interpretation. So this is the last of the nine gifts mentioned. I want to look at tongues and interpretation because they go together. We've looked at these gifts of the eyes of God, the mind of God, the hands of God. We could describe them. We've looked at them as gifts of revelation, when God gives us wisdom and knowledge and discernment, gifts of power, faith, healings, and miracles, and now gifts of communication, prophecy, and now we're looking at tongues and interpretation of tongues. The Apostle Paul writes about these gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Remember that all these gifts, all nine, are given for the common good, the benefit of everyone. And he says, speaking in different kinds of tongues. That word is languages in the Greek. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues or languages. One of the most unique features of humanity over the animal kingdom is language. Language skills are a key measurement of intelligence. It is understandable why the Holy Spirit inspires language to communicate the word of God and the will of God to his people. The word tongues, glossolalia in the Greek, means languages. Specifically, it means language inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now, this spiritual language is usually an unknown language, but it could be what the Apostle Paul calls the tongues of angels. First Corinthians 13, 1, he says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Tongues can also be an emotional language, like groaning, or even singing a melody without actual words. Emotional and musical sounds are also a form of language that uses sound waves. Paul speaks of the groaning of the human spirit as we long for the fulfillment of our redemption in eternity. And he also refers to the groaning of the Holy Spirit who intercedes with us in prayer. Not only so, he writes, but we ourselves who are the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. That's Romans 8, 23 and verse 23, 6. Think about that. So tongues, languages can be known, unknown. They could be spiritual. They can also be language without words, the groaning, singing without words, humming melody, but nonetheless, spirit-inspired language. Now, the gift of tongues is also accompanied by the gift of interpretation when a message in tongues is given in a public worship service. The interpretation of the tongue, of the language, of the message, enables everyone to understand the message because the tongue itself is in a language we don't know. 
And the reason that occurs is that God has given a sign of his presence. That's in 1 Corinthians 14, 22. Tongues are a sign, especially for the unbeliever, that something extraordinary has taken place. The interpretation is not a word-for-word translation, but it captures the essence of the message so everyone understands. And many people misunderstand that point about interpretation. They think, well, the message in tongues lasted this amount of time, but the interpretation lasted less. It's, it's not a translation. It's an interpretation. What's the essence of God's word to us? That's the key question being asked in the interpretation. Now, the first thing that we need to learn about tongues and language here is that this tongues of which he writes is a gift for private prayer. This is the only one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that has a personal benefit. All the others are in ministry to others. First of all, tongues and the gift of tongues and praying in tongues or singing in tongues is sometimes it's referred to as spiritual language and prayer is for our personal edification. First Corinthians 14, 4 says anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, builds himself up, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. So in prayer, when you pray in another language that God gives you a spiritual language, there is a strengthening to your soul that takes place. It's also for spiritual communion with God. You know, you're a spiritual being as well as a physical being. And Paul writes about this deeper communion with God in this prayer language. In 1 Corinthians 14, he goes on to write, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I'll also pray with my understanding. I'll sing with my spirit, but I'll also sing with my understanding. Otherwise, when you're praising God in the spirit, how can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer say amen to your thanksgiving since they did not know what you are saying? You are giving thanks well enough, but no one else is edified. That's 1 Corinthians 14, 14 through 17. So Paul makes a distinction here. He says that the greatest use of tongues is in your private worship. So he says, I'll pray with my spirit. He means in that gift of tongues. And I'll pray with my mind. That's praying in your known language. I'll sing with my spirit. This heavenly language, a spiritual language, a spirit-inspired language of the soul, but I'll also sing with my mind. Those are songs that we know the words, the melody. So the, the most important place for the gift of tongues to be expressed is privately in a person's prayer time, worship to God. But second of all, tongues can appear in a public worship service. And in this sense, when tongues and the interpretation come together, they are the equivalent of prophecy because everybody understands it. You get the sign of tongues and the interpretation becomes a prophetic word. So tongues in a public worship service can be a word of praise to God or it can be also prophetic speaking to the people. Now, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 14, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in a tongue unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. That's 1 Corinthians 14, 5. You see, when the interpretation comes, everybody's edified because they know what was said. And tongues in a public worship service is a sign to unbelievers of the supernatural presence of Jesus. God is at work, and people realize there's something extraordinary taking place in this gathering. So the Apostle Paul reminds us, tongues then are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. 
Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers, but for believers. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and the inquirers or unbelievers come in, well, they not say that you're out of your mind. First Corinthians 14, 22 through 23, because they will understand it. So the interpretation must always be given in a public worship service. So Paul continues, again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? So it is with you. Unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you are saying? You will just be speaking into the air. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker is a foreigner to me. So it is with you, since you're eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those gifts that build up the church. That's 1 Corinthians 14, 8 through 12. So he's making the point that when a message in tongues is given, it has to be interpreted so that everyone understands the message. People can't just come to a worship service and exercise their private prayer language in tongues because that's not the point of a public worship service. The public worship service is not a place for personal worship, it is a place for corporate worship, that we're worshiping together. It's a sense of the collective whole of the body of Christ. So when tongues are given in a public worship service, it must be interpreted. And in that sense, it becomes equivalent to prophetic words. We see tongues also in a proper perspective. Many people don't understand this gift. Some discount the gift. Some overemphasize the gift. Some make it a litmus test for spirituality. But tongues has a Bible place in a person's private worship. And it has a place in public worship when it is inspired by the Holy Spirit to give a sign of God's presence in a prophetic word. The gift of tongues at Pentecost was a sign of the new covenant. And Paul reminds us of this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 21, and he's quoting Isaiah 28, verse 11 and 12. When the speaking in tongues happened, those languages on the day of Pentecost to those early believers, it was a sign that the prophetic word of the Messiah's coming had been fulfilled, that God was working the new covenant. In the law, it is written with other tongues and through the lips of foreigners, I will speak to this people, God says, but even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So on the day of Pentecost, when the believers were gathered for worship and the Spirit filled them, it says they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. That's Acts 2 verse 4. And all these other worshipers, they were all Jewish worshipers and Gentiles, converts to Judaism. People had come back to, by the thousands to Jerusalem because they had the feast of the Passover when Jesus was crucified, followed by the feast of Pentecost. And it was there that the Spirit filled the disciples. He had, he had worshipers from all over the world in the temple course, and all of a sudden they hear these people speaking in languages. But all these people that were speaking were from Galilee, and they said, aren't these people all Galileans? How can we hear them in our own language? And that sign got their attention. And of course, Peter, once he had their attention, preached the gospel to them. In Hebrew or Aramaic, the common language of all the Jewish people, now, the gift of tongues is mainly for personal prayer. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5. So the main purpose of tongues is for private prayer and worship. The gift of tongues aids in evangelism. Now, on the day of Pentecost, when they heard these people speak in these languages that they had never learned, it got their attention, and Peter went on to tell them about Jesus. 
So let's look at what was recorded about the first time this gift of tongues appeared in the book of Acts, chapter 2, beginning with verse 4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. See, they didn't have the ability to speak these languages. They didn't know these languages. The Spirit enabled them. That's why it's called a spiritual gift. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, that is the sound of these languages, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one of them heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. What an amazing day. You see, the languages they spoke with were not heavenly languages. They were known languages. They were speaking in languages from different parts of the world, but they had never learned the language. Missionaries have even testified that God has given them the supernatural ability to speak in the language or tongue of a people group that they've never even learned that language. And when they do, it is a sign to the listeners of the miracle of God. As we learned with the gift of prophecy, when the gift of tongues and interpretation are given in a public worship service, it must be done in an orderly, biblical way. So Paul reminds us here in 1 Corinthians 14 about these spoken gifts, these communication gifts of prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most Three should speak one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself or herself and to God. You see, everything a person feels in a service is not to be voiced in a public gathering. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. That's 1 Corinthians 12, verses 26 through 28 in verses 39 and 40. And that's the most important principle we learn about these gifts in worship. Everything must be done in a fitting and orderly way. What an amazing blessing that God would fill us with the Holy Spirit and impart to us gifts, graces, to help us live effectively, to walk with Him, and also to minister in a powerful way to others. You're a minister of the gospel of Christ as a Christian. You have people in your life that God is going to send you to. You have people in your family that God's put you in your family to be a minister. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Live a Spirit-filled life. Ask God to impart to you the gifts of the Spirit. When you find yourself in a situation, you don't know what to say. Ask God to give you a prophetic word or a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. When you're praying for someone in need, in need of a miracle, Look to God as a miracle worker. Ask God for the impartation of the gifts of healing and the gift of faith. When you hear a prophetic word or a message in tongues, cherish it. Don't be cynical. Don't be skeptical. But treasure it. Take it to heart. God will speak to you through the prophetic as well. Most importantly, as we look at these gifts of the Holy Spirit, the most important challenge for all of us it's what Paul writes to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 5.18. Be filled with the Spirit. That is our prayer today. Join me for prayer. Father, we thank you.
for the mystery and the miracle of the Holy Spirit of God, your presence and power with us. We, like the early disciples, long to be filled with the Spirit, that your gifts might flow through us, that the fruit of the Spirit, the character of Christ, might be cultivated in us, that you might use us in some way, though we are jars of clay, you've put an all-surpassing power within us, the Holy Spirit. Fill us today that we might overflow with grace and ministry to others. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining me for this study. This has been one of the most fascinating studies I've ever shared in my entire ministry. I trust that you'll share it with others as well and that I pray God will use you in powerful ways to be ministered to your family and your friends and the church. I want to thank you for your support of the ministry of Mount Perrin. You're a part of the Mount Perrin family wherever you are. If you haven't joined us on social media, I want you to do that now. Subscribe, become a part of our social, follow us on social media. Let's stay connected as a church family. What we do together, we are doing it in unity as the body of Christ. Your part is so important in the church, in the life of the Mount Perrin family. Continue to share the ministry with others through media. Sunday's coming. I'm looking forward to seeing you and your family in worship. I pray you'll have an amazing day. God bless you richly. Thank you for joining me today as we've shared together the Word of God. Let me ask you to download the Mount Perrin Church app today so that we can stay connected and you can see all the great services and resources available for you and your family. Follow me on social media and also the Mount Perrin Church family. I look forward to seeing you in church to worship on campus and online. God bless you. Have an incredible day.